Hi, you're very welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this uh, Saturday morning. Pori, good morning to good you. Good morning, Deirdre. What a beautiful morning yeah. out there. Happy Mayo Day to you. Happy Mayo Day. Do you know what the word Mayo means? Mayo, it's something yeah. to do with sheep. No, it's no, a, no, it's you. Sorry, uterine, sorry, yeah. sheep. Sheep is Roscommon. What am I talking about? <laughs> I was doing great all morning, and there now look, go. there you, you go. I've stumbled. I've stumbled up the hurdle. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry, we the plains, we of, the plains of because, is, because yeah. uh, years and years for though for though uh, all the ground and the the, the the land was planted with the Irish yew tree, the native Irish yew tree, which is a conifer and um, evergreen, of course, that beautiful green, and, and you only see them in graves now. Okay. You know, well, ma- mainly in graves now, that dark green, because they're yeah. a poisonous plant. Oh, poisonous, so yeah. poisonous to animals. Poisonous to animals, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, poisonous to humans as well if you eat the... Well, the fruit is, is edible, but the seed is poisonous. Right, well, you don't want to chance it. You don't want to be Because you, you, no, you might be you taking a seed in you with don't. the fruit, presumably. But that's where the, the word, or, or mayo, comes from. It's from the yew tree. Okay. Beautiful tree, beautiful tree, native Irish tree. Now, we have uh, had a pretty good week. I know we've had a bit of rain, so I think that's probably going to bring things along a little bit. Yeah. I know gardeners probably quite happy that it rained a Absolutely. Little bit. I mean, this day last week, I was talking, advising people to water their containers if they'd plants in containers. Um, so, but we didn't definitely need the rain because uh, newly planted plants and people that have sown seeds and vegetables and so on outside, the rain is, is, was, was badly needed. And growth is still relatively slow. Uh, you know, plants are definitely were, were behind a little bit because the temperatures at night time are still quite cold. I, I'm sure your car had a little bit of frost this morning because mine had. Well, when I went out first, yes, I, I thought it did. Now, it actually didn't in the end. And I was quite happy with that because I was down to the wire in terms of seconds. Uh, so I didn't have the time to go back in and get a drop of water. But uh, it was, it, yeah, you could feel the coolness. Yeah, yeah definitely. The there, was, there was a tad of frost last night. And, and so for tender plants, keep them in. Things like tomatoes and French marigolds and all those keep them in. But for most plants, you can get them out of doors now. So we've actually got the perfect weather as we come in uh, to early May. So just a couple of notes, um, dear to the uh, government, came out with their um, their, 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 their decision. plan, really. I suppose their decision, their yeah. plan. Yeah. So garden centres will reopen on the 18th of May. So we have another two weeks, or slightly over two weeks, to wait before we reopen again in in, in uh, the garden centre. Having said that, our website we have our full selection of bulbs and seeds are back up because of how busy things were. Uh, we're out of stock there for a couple of days. So they're back up now. So if people want to be sowing seeds and so on, you can jump on the website, uh, horkins.ie, and all the bulbs and seeds, uh, flower seeds and vegetable seeds are available there. I've also put together a number of kits. So I've actually got a hanging basket kit. So if people want to do up their hanging baskets, because as we come into May, it's the time of year for doing them up, you can jump on the website as well and look at the, the kit selection. So we have a hanging basket kit. So you get your compost, your plants, your liners, your feed and your swell gel all in a box delivered to your home uh, if you order online. So jump onto the website, have a look at it, the couple of kits we've put together. Just to, It's kind of ideas we're thinking about. People would want to do something at home and if you've got hanging baths and you need to plant them up then we can send some of the plants through the uh, with DPD couriers. Um, so we've put a, co- a number of kits together to make it easier for people. All the seeds and bulbs are up, the vegetable seeds are up there at the moment. We have some shallots back in as well, so they're up there on the website. And also with the um, change in the two kilometre to five kilometres on Tuesday. So that makes quite a difference. It does for a lot of people and particularly for our centres in Sligo and Galwyn and Castlebar. uh, People will now be able to travel that a little bit more. So we are opening the phone lines so you can ring 
your local Hawkins Garden Centre. So Castle Bar is 0949031435. And the guys will take your order there for collection. So if you want to put your order through... um, in terms of collection, we, we put the, the orders out into the car park and people can pick them up there. So, uh, we, you so don't we're get, observing the social distancing absolutely. all the time. You won't get to meet a member of the team, but your order will be safely put there. So you can put your order in any time over the weekend and then uh, pick it up. If you're within the two kilometre radius, certainly over the weekend, but from Tuesday on with the five kilometre uh, allowance, people will be, t- be able to travel that a little bit more. So that's how we're helping out and the garden centres will be back open again on the 18th of May. And oh, yeah. we're really looking forward to it. I think it. everybody is, yes. Absolutely. Um, and the weather for this week is promised really, really good. Uh, so we are, we'll have a mixture of showers and sunshine, but predominantly with high pressure coming in. It does mean the risk of frost at night time, but it also means some fabulous dry weather, great gardening weather and, and uh, getting back out there. Speaking of which... Yeah, you were out and about during I the week. Was. And I know we've been telling listeners about... A Nora on food, Nora Ralph over the last uh, couple of weeks but you got to meet her during the week. I did, I popped actually after last Saturday's programme I popped down to uh, Balcarra where uh, I met herself and her family her dad and mum and and, um, her siblings and uh, what a garden, what a beautiful garden they have Uh, it's just just on the outskirts of of Balcarra and um, Barry and Nora Barry's her dad and, and the, the whole family put together a small vegetable garden um, from recycled timber. They painted the timber, put in the soil and cleverly they actually put the vegetable patch very close to the house. So rather than putting it way down the back of the garden where it tends to get forgotten about or could potentially, it's right outside their patio. So it's very close to the kitchen and um, and Barry was just saying to me and Nora was saying to me that it's it's so easy just to nip out do a little bit of weeding, do a bit of planting, start collecting some of the, the vegetables. And um, so so I went down, we recorded a piece and you'll hear Nora chatting to me about all her vegetable plants and Brilliant. fruit. Okay, let's take a listen. Well, a very good morning, listeners. I'm here in Balcarra. I've come down to see a very, very special lady called Nora Ralph. And Nora is infamous for her Facebook page and Instagram page called Nora on Food. Now, you might remember I spoke to Nora couple of weeks back and she had just done turned four she was she is the youngest gardener that i know and i'm here in the back of her garden at the moment beautiful sunny day and nora's with me good morning nora morning over here nora i can see some seeds that you've sown in trays what what have you sown they're peas and what else with their shums and you've got some wildflowers here as well that you sowed only 10 days ago and already they're about two or three inches high. What have you got in there? They're flowers. Wildflowers for the bees? Yeah. And I know that you've got a beehive at the bottom of the garden. I spotted it. Yes. And what, what are you going to get from the beehive? Honey. Very good. So what else have you got in your garden? Mm, some lettuce. And I got some uh, onions. And what else have you got? You've got lovely... What's this plant here? I got some lettuce, beetroot. Okay. And what and turnips. Very good. And you've so you've got spinach and lettuce and turnip. And, and, and what are these things here? Onions. Onions. And they're, they're re- doing really well. How long ago did you plant these in the garden? Last week. And they're doing really well. They're actually nearly ready for tr- cutting, aren't they? Yeah. So you could actually cut some of those. And what's this over here? Rhubarb. You'll be picking that next year, will you? Yes. Okay. And what else have we got? See, what's down here? What are these things growing on the fence? Um, 
see these here? Peas and beans. And they're going to climb up along that, aren't they? Yeah. And I also know she's got some raspberries. Yeah. And what are these that are... What's down here? Carrots. Very good. And the carrots are a couple of inches high now already. You sowed those from seed, did you? Yeah. Very good. And what's beside the carrots? Hmm. Onions. Onions. They're doing really, really well. And you've got some beans there as well? Yes. So you have peas, beans, carrots, onions, all in this bed here. And you've also got some potatoes. Yes. Do you know what ones they are? No. <laughs> They're some of the early potatoes, aren't they? Yeah. And you're growing them in pots and you're also growing them in the raised bed. And what's planted here in the tyre? Strawberries. Strawberries. So they're going to be lovely probably in June, aren't they? Yeah. Late May, June. So the garden is absolutely lovely on a, on a sunny day. Now, I know you have a special trick for getting the slugs and the snails. Yeah. What do you do? I, I just pick them up. In the evening time? Yeah. So you come out in the evening, you pick them up, and yeah. where do you put them? Away. Put them away from the plants? Yeah. And does that work? Because I can see on all your plants here, there's no slug damage whatsoever. Yeah. So you must be doing a really good job. Hmm. So have you any tips for our listeners on what they can do in their garden? Yes. So what should they be doing? They have to plant like me. From seeds? Yeah. And anybody can plant, can't they? Yes. Like you can grow so much in... These are simple raised beds made out of timber. Yeah. You fill them with soil. Yeah. And just planted your seeds, didn't you? Yeah. And you've also got so much stuff growing in pots yeah. and containers. What's in this pot here? They're different potatoes. Very good. And they're doing really well. They're already yeah. sprouting up over the top of the pot. And these are different potatoes. Different variety. Yes. So you'll be eating those later on in the summer. Yeah. And do you eat all of this stuff? Yes. All the vegetables? Yes. What's your favourite? Uh, the carrots. The red cabbage or the green cabbage? Uh, the carrots. Oh, the carrots. Oh, the carrots. Lovely. I love carrots as well. So look, it's an absolute pleasure to come out and see your garden. I'm look just to describe it for listeners, I'm looking at probably four or five raised beds. Um, they're full of carrots and onions and French or beans and peas, raspberries. There's different varieties of cabbage, different varieties of salad leaves and onions and spinach. I'm looking at red cabbage and green cabbage and rhubarb and potatoes. Yeah. So it's an absolute pleasure to come out and see the garden. And are you going to cook all of these then later on? Yes. And who's going to give you a hand? Dad. And your dad is a, is a famous chef, isn't he? Yeah. What's his name? Barry. And what's his restaurant? House of Plates. In Castle Bar. Yeah. Good. Well, look, thank you so much for coming out today. It's been a real pleasure. And I hope to come back in a couple of weeks' time and see how you're getting on. Bye. <laughs> she's absolutely vile. Oh, not, not, not a star in the making, a star already. A star already, and she's getting great um, uh, media exposure at the moment. If you want to just see what Nora does, go to Nora on Food. Uh, she is on Instagram and Facebook and all social media platforms. And she not only has she a fabulous garden, but she has some great recipes on uh, for cooking and baking and making cakes and, and so on. So well worth a visit. And uh, it's great to see at four years of age. Oh, fantastic. And just the, the beautiful recording, the sound 
sound of the outdoors and the birds and everything yeah, really and uh, coming across there. And I think her enthusiasm and her knowledge at such a young age, certain, fabulous. And the child that grows a strawberry eats a strawberry. So she genuinely eats all of the, the produce that she's actually grown them because she's she's engaged and she's interested and she sees them growing from seeds and has that total engagement with it. So really the point is, there's no excuse why we all can't be growing a little bit over the next couple of weeks. You don't need a garden per se. You can grow them in window boxes and containers, in veggie bags if you wish. Um, she has, and her dad simply made the raised bed. Now when I say raised bed, they're only about maybe six or eight inches above the soil with little bits of timber and beautifully painted full of soil and all the plants growing so happy so, and the potatoes in pots the, the strawberries were in a tyre <laughs> a tyre which was perfect brilliant. because yeah. the, it actually raised them up off the ground so when the fruit actually forms they'll be hanging over the, the edge of the tyre So they're not sitting on the clay on as the such clay, And they're easy, the slugs won't get at them and they're easy to pick and all that so just in, in relatively small area a beautiful range of plants and she's going to continue to sow right through the whole summer long. So mm-hmm. the weather at the moment is ideal it's still plenty of time for sowing the seeds of plants, even things like tomatoes. I, I, I know you were watching Monty Don last night and he was sowing the tomato it, yeah. plants and he was giving that challenge to people to get their tomatoes sown now on the windowsill. Within seven days they'll have germinated. You pot them on by late summer or by late, by late May you're planting them out of doors and the variety he planted was Gardener's Delight uh, which is a lovely kind of mini uh, cherry tomato but really, really easy to grow. Um, so all of those seeds can be still sown in yeah. both indoors and out of doors at this time of year. Or if you do need some plants, you can give us a ring at the, at the, at the centres. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so Nora, thanks indeed for uh, taking Porrick around. And uh, I know I'm, I, because of the Instagram and the, the different social media, I'm quite sure there's photographs up there of that garden. So yeah. if people are uh, interested to see how it's been put together, um, yeah. then, you know, take a look at or Nora on food. Jump on the, um, new, the uh, Midwest Radio uh, Facebook page as well. I put a video up that I will record it on the day as well, and people can visually see the garden. There you go. The we'll, we'll we'll direct you to that, so because that's probably uh, the handiest for now. Uh, we're going to start with a photograph um, and a cherry blossom. So, question has is from Tommy: What type of cherry blossom is this? Is it produce? It's producing suckers. What can I do? And second to that, Tommy is wondering: Will the garden centres have bedding annuals this year? Oh, we will, of course. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we're going to be open on the eighteenth of May and. And if anything, that's a, a really good time of year for planting summer colour uh, because you, you'll still get the risk of frost up up until mid-May. So there'll be plenty of time to plant it. You know, and we've forgotten that. We think it's nearly summertime because of the good weather we're having, but there's loads of time yet to plant up your containers and window boxes and baskets. So all of the summer bedding plants and hanging baskets, they're all going to be available. So don't, don't worry about any of those. And as I said earlier, it's still you've still plenty of time to sow plants from seed yourself indoors um, and they're available online. In relation to the cherry, this is one of the dwarf cherries. It's in a pot and cherries are grafted like many other uh, trees, both the miniature and the tall variety. So the suckering is is when the rootstock just kicks into growth from the base and that'll happen to cherry plants, particularly in pots. The key thing is just to keep it pruned away. Don't allow the, the um, suckers to actually start to grow. Um, so just as they're appearing, Tommy, just prune those out and remove them and the tree will grow on perfectly fine. Fantastic. Now, uh, not a question, but just a bit of uh, information and a thank you. Uh, don't we have, n- we don't have names here, just a happy family in Mayo is the way uh, okay. they tell us. So uh, they've sent us in some great photographs uh, of their tunnel. So a big thank you uh, to the Garden Show and Pork for all the advice. Uh, their tunnel is now... 
uh, all set up and they're having morning coffee in peace and quiet. <laughs> well done. Brilliant. And some fantastic uh, photographs there and just uh, advice for strawberries uh, that are starting to grow. But some are coming off before they're going red. So the fruit are starting to form, I think. Okay, so well, that's very, very early in the tunnel. The, the key thing with strawberries, they need plenty of ventilation. Botrytis can be a problem, which is a rotting of the um, fruitlets. And uh, so if there's any rotting occurring, which it sounds a bit like that, you may have a little bit of botrytis. So plenty of ventilation in the tunnel. Also, if the if there's a lot of leaves around the fruit, maybe cut away some of those as well. Get better air movement in around the fruits. And any fruits that are damaged, just take them off. There'll be plenty t- to come. Uh, strawberries are still in flower. Uh, if they're out of doors, they're actually only coming into flower at this stage. But in the tunnel, there'll still be in flowers. There'll be plenty of fruit to come on them yet. So don't worry about them. They'll be perfectly fine. The same applies to, um, and I was making this point to Nora, she had spinach that was ready for picking. She had lettuce that was ready for picking, but was kind of leaving it for another week or two to grow on a bit. And my advice really, if, if it's ready, start to crop it straight away, even though it's only a couple of inches high. Start to trim it on a regular basis. Start using it because this physical pruning back and trimming back stimulates new growth anyway. And the flavour is always better in the young vegetable leaves. So, you know, don't be waiting for your, your lettuce leaves to grow to the full height. Start actually peeling them and taking the leaves when they're quite young and quite tender. So many of the vegetables, particularly in tunnels or raised beds, you can start using them now. Um, you know, particularly the leafier oriental spicy leaves or salad leaves or lettuce or um, little bits of kale, that sort of thing can be used already. Okay, great. Now I have a climbing rose. Uh, I want to plant it against a wall and I don't, I don't want to put trellis. How can I trail it? Do I plant a rose and do I feed it as well? Well, if you're, if you're growing a climbing rose, it's, it is going to need some support. So it's not going to self-cling itself. Now, the stems and roses are fairly turgid and upright anyway. They're pretty strong. So some wire will work. You can get plastic coated wire and um, a couple of strands of that up along the wall is, so that you can bend the branches in behind it to give it support. So it will need support, particularly when it comes into flower in late June, July, August sort of period. They get quite heavy and particularly in windy weather. So at a minimum, I would have plastic coated kind of bull wire stretched uh, across the wall so that you can train the branches in behind it or tie them in at the very least to to um, to let it scramble up. Otherwise you need some timber trellis or you'll need something to give it support. But the wire is kind of quite discreet and the plant will, particularly if it's green plastic coated wire it'll tend to blend in with the plants anyway okay now we've a number of uh, photographs and questions in and i know we tend to talk about hedges quite a bit but laurels uh, seem to be struggling a small bit uh, gone black have holes yellowing yeah. leaves falling off uh, looking a bit shook symptoms some of them of the winter okay Deirdre, <laughs> symptoms of the winter and we we tend to forget remember we had such a wet miserable winter this year from last kind of late summer september right through until February, early March, we've had a huge amount of rain, which washes away the nutrition from plants. Um, so we're seeing a lot of yellowing in laurels this year. A um, lot of holes, there's a, a disease of, of laurels called shot-all fungus. It's not actually a disease, it's more a, a growing condition. So when they're under a bit of stress, they get this kind of pinholes right throughout the leaves. And it's more a sign that the plant is actually hungry and not growing well, not healthy. So this is the time of year when we feed all garden plants. And the growth has been relatively slow. I mean, nobody probably has cut their laurel hedge just yet because the growth is, I mean, I'm waiting for my own hedge to to actually kick into growth before I give it a trim. So the growth has been relatively slow. So look at 
if you want to green them up, uh, give them a feed, give them the Pro 6, the Osmo Pro 6, a handful around the base, repeat it in four or five weeks' time and your laurel will be a picture in the middle of May. Don't worry about them. They're they're very uh, resilient and a bit of feeding brings them back very quickly. Now, my gooseberry plants are healthy looking in recent days. The leaves of a few branches, though, have been stripped off. Any idea what might be doing this yeah. and what treatment to use uh, from somebody in the Bohola region? Okay, so this happens every year with, with gooseberries. So it's gooseberry sawfly, which is a small little caterpillar that's laid right in the centre of the gooseberry bush. So your plant comes into leaf, it looks perfectly healthy. The little caterpillar works from the inside and works its way out, eating the foliage of the plant. So your plant becomes skeletonized. So it's looking beautiful one day and you go back several days later and the, the leaves have been stripped from it. Um, now, it doesn't do any serious damage. The plant will still flower and, and still fruit. But having said that, if you want to avoid it, you can put on an organic spray called Bug Clear. So it's a Bug Clear specifically for fruit and vegetables. It's in a green box. You get it online. So look for Bug Clear for fruit and vegetables. You simply apply that to the foliage of the uh, gooseberry plant and that'll prevent it. And next year, do it earlier. So as soon as the gooseberry comes into leaf, give it a treatment of the Bug Clear and you won't have sawfly. Okay. And, and that also controls aphids and green fly and black fly as well. So it does the full spectrum of, of fruit pests. Now we have a photograph in of a holly tree shoot growing over a gravel section or near near an outside boiler. Yeah. Um, can I transplant these and what's the best way to do it? They've grown from berries that have fallen off where I make my holly wreaths at Christmas time. Ah, lovely. So the seeds have germinated and you're getting the young kind of... Uh, yeah, and quite and healthy looking little shoots there. Yeah, and they're roughly about, I'd say, a foot or 15 mm. inches from the picture. So these are seedling hollies. They will grow into big trees eventually and, and bear their own flowers and fruit. Um, so lift them in the autumn. So leave them in situ now until, say, next November and lift them at that time of year when they're fully dormant because they're kicking into growth now. So leave them to November, just dig them up, transplant them. Holly makes a lovely hedge. So if you had an area in the garden that you wanted to create kind of a, a nice holly hedge um, where you can pick your, your holly for your wreaths every winter, then holly makes a superb hedge. Um, it's slow growing, it's easy trim, it's evergreen, it flowers, it buries. And the birds in your garden, both the bees and the, and the uh, garden birds, will love it later on in the autumn. So leave it until November, transplant it, space the plants about two feet apart. It'll make a fabulous hedge up to five or six feet. You trim it once a year and uh, you'll have Definitely. berries and holly from here on in for your holly wreaths. Fantastic. Somebody's wondering, is it bug clear or book bulk clear? It's bug. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with bugs, folks. <laughs> I'm probably not very clear no, this morning. Or maybe that person's so being a tongue-in-cheek, I don't know. It's it's bug clear, yeah. B-U-G. Yeah, and it's it's there's two different types, but there's one specifically for fruit and vegetables. You can actually apply it today and eat your fruit and vegetables tomorrow. It's that safe. It's an oil-based spray, so it's very, very effective. Okay. So bug clear. Bug clear. Uh, we just uh, have been asked to say hello to Johnny. He's planted potatoes in early March and the stalks are up now and he's out digging the garden, turning ridges to plant cabbage plants oh my God. and he's Brilliant. going to do a bit of turf on Monday and he's 95 Whoa. and his good lady wife and is 85 <laughs> and he's cocooning but he's busy. Good man Donny. Well now done. we have uh, a lovely set of photographs of a mature heather bed. It's a 15 years old plus, um, gives them an annual haircut as you can see. Brilliant. What's the best way to feed and keep these beds looking their best and is there a liquid feed that can go on the foliage without damaging it? It 
was easy to feed before they grew into each other. Yeah. Uh, Seamus is over in Cross Malina. Yeah, and it, they look fabulous. I mean, they, they I've, lo- I've looked at the pictures mm. and they've actually grown into one another. So they're suppressing the weeds. You can imagine that they're the winter flowering varieties. So they've, so they've been in flower since October, right through till I only cut my own actually about a week ago. Um, so they're doing really well. And yes, the answer to the question is you can give them a liquid feed. Now is the time to feed them. You can use an ericaceous feed. So you can get that again online. You mix it in water, you apply it to the foliage of the heather. It can be done at this time of year. Generally do it about every maybe three weeks, three to four weeks until the end of June. And you're building up the new shoots where those heathers will flower on next year. The other thing you could do is add in some spring flowering bulbs as well in amongst the heathers. So some of the tall narcissi would be nice. Maybe some tulips would be nice just for a bit of extra colour. So bulbs and heathers always work really well together because when the bulbs are dying back, the new growth of the heather tends to hide them. But yet the bulbs are strong enough to push up through the heathers and flower as well in, in kind of spring and, and early summer. But uh, fa- they're fabulous and um, doing really well. So some ericaceous liquid feed applied to the foliage would be perfectly fine this Brilliant. time of year. Okay. Uh, now, will pork be having tomato plants available? Yeah, we have. We actually have them at the moment. Yeah, they're available. And remember, you can still sow the seed of, of tomatoes like sweet aperitif or gardener's delight that we mentioned can still be sown from seed, but the plants are available as well. Now, can you recommend a feed for Japanese acers, please? Well, the Osmo Pro 6 is generally a very good uh, fertiliser for all plants. Uh, Japanese maples are relatively slow growing, so one to two feeds is, will be more than enough. So about half a handful uh, to the base of, to the spread of the branches, wherever the branches have spread on the Japanese maple. They've come into leaf. They're beautiful at the moment. And uh, give them a feed now, repeat it again about the end of May, and that, that'll that'll feed them for the rest of the season. Now, why are my apple trees not bearing fruit? One is presently full of blossom. The other one is slightly. Also, uh, they have moss-type fungi on their branches. So that's lichen that's growing on the branches. That's not impeding the the uh, the, the, uh, the ability to, for them to produce fruit. The listener has mentioned that one of them is in full flower, but the other one is just starting to mm. flower. So they're not compatible in that uh, both need to be in full flower at the same time. So you need a variety. So Jane James Greve, for example, is in full flower at the moment, or Elstar, they're early flowering uh, apple trees. So apple trees flower at different times of the year. And uh, if, if they don't flower at the same time, you won't have the bees pollinating, moving from one tree to the other. So my advice really would, would be to plant a variety like James Greve, which is a long flowering apple variety. It will pollinate the tree that's in bloom at the moment, but it will also pl- pollinate the other variety that's just coming into flower. So it's important when buying apple trees to make sure that they flower at the same time otherwise you won't get cross-pollination um they're okay. they're like ships in the night they're just not meeting they're just not, <laughs> they're meeting, not flowering right? at the same time so you're not going to get the fruit another good tip for apples if you're growing apples is to is to plant maybe a malice tree so something like malice golden hornet or um malice gorgeous they're ornamental apple trees they're in the apple family <clears throat> but they're not grown for their apples they're grown more for the beauty of the tree beautiful flowers, lovely fruit, yellow or red fruits, depending on the variety. But they're great for pollinating other apple trees. So you could plant one of those in your garden as well. Now, can I cut back camellias now? The flowers are dying away. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and most spring flowering plants, once they start finishing flowering, cut them back. So camellias, so here's a great example of a plant that has been 
beautiful for the last couple of months. It's going out of flower now. It'll be kicking into growth. So give it a good pruning back. Feed it as well at this time of year. And again, you could use the ericaceous feed, a granulated fertiliser or the Osmo Pro of 6. And that will encourage lots of new growth. And on that growth, that camellia will flower next year. Uh, winter stroke spring. So all spring flowering plants, once they go out of flower, you prune them back. Brilliant. Now I have a new border ready for planting. It's eight foot long and four foot wide for flowers, not shrubs. Can you suggest flowers that will last a long time? Well, any of the summer flowering, be- you know, the bedding plants that we that the other listener referred to. So things like anthraniums, begonias, um, anything anything like the little lobelias, the white alisum and lobelia for the front of the borders. Bizalizies are great for, for giving colour. So any of the summer flowering bedding plants, which you plant any time from the middle of May onwards, they give tremendous colour right up until late autumn early winter till we get the frost so they would be quite nice if you wanted maybe something for wildlife you could get the wildlife seed now nature's haven do a very nice range of seed that you can simply just sprinkle onto the surface of the soil rake them in and they'll germinate and give you colour from late June right through again to the end of the summer they won't be as formal as the bedding plants it'll be a little bit more wild as, as in mm-hmm. terms of the wild flowers but it could be something as well uh, it depends on the area and where, where where it's located. Um, lots of perennial plants as well, uh, summer flowering perennial plants that will flower every year, or even plants that give foliage colour like the hostas will be lovely as well and they come back year after year. Brilliant. Now we have a photograph in of, they think it's a geranium, so they're questioning if that is correct. It is. It comes back every year. It is. These are one of the perennial geraniums. Um, so there are lots of really good varieties like Johnston's Blue and Sanguinium. Um, this one's kind of pinky colour. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it looks like Sanguinium, uh, Geranium Sanguinium. So these are perennial geranium plants. Again, for the listener that was talking about the border, eight foot by four foot, her, these are perennial plants that come back year after year. And if you plant them in clusters of threes or fives, they tend to carve at the ground and come into flower in mid-May right through then till the end of the summer. Uh, so that's the ground covering geranium comes back every year and they're great plants for dividing and splitting and moving to other areas of the garden as well. We have a great photograph in as well of a cat sitting in what looks to me like a cherry, cherry tree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any tips on discouraging <clears throat> feline behaviour like this? It's a fabulous picture. It's it a is lovely actually, white, yeah. white flowering cherry in the cat. And it's a sitting. nice looking cat. And I'd say he's waiting for, for a garden bird, a songbird. I'd bird. say that's exactly <laughs> what he's at. <laughs> so you you have, um, I mean, one of the great ways for particularly to protect birds is to get the, the cats with a, a, the little bell on them. You know, if you get on their collar oh, and that helps yeah. the sound that a thing warns off the yeah. birds. Yeah. Um, now, there are various sprays you can get as well, um, like stay off and grazers, that, the smell of which cats dislike. And so if they're, if they're going into beds and, or borders or, or messing... I have, I have observed <clears throat> that activity myself this well, week. Well, you can get, a, you can get a, a little treatment called stay off, which again, you apply onto the surface of the bed and the, the, the scent of which helps to keep them off. Or what I often advocate is creating an area for cats. So if you get a plant called nepita or catmint, they love to roll and, and they love to actually go to that area of the garden. It attracts them away from your from plants. From the other plants. And, yeah, and so that's a plant called Nepeta or Catmint and cats will tend to favour that area of the garden where it's planted. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say that cat looks to me oh, like he's, he's, got, he's got something on his mind. <laughs> he sure does. Anyway, thanks for, indeed for sending <laughs> it in. Question regarding the lawns. I suppose people are really at them at the minute. Uh, so they've done the Zero and the Osmo on well the lawn done. but they've lots of dandelions and daisies and they pop up after just 24 hours after cutting the lawn. How do we get rid of them? 
The poor old dandelion and daisy. One of the things I was advocating was, was to leave the dandelions in flower because they're a great source of pollen for, um, the, for the honeybees. Yeah, and poll- both pollen and nectar. Um, and you were telling me about some interesting So I saw, well, I just saw a little post last night as I was scrolling on one of the social media sites um, about dandelion facts. Um, and actually, I think I should just give a mention to Corley Trackway Visitor Centre, who had had it up as their post. But anyway, the dandelions were not weeds, but they're from the same family as the sunflowers. Correct. Okay, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Uh, a cup of dandelion greens gives you 535% uh, of your daily recommended vitamin K. Well, I, those things I would take maybe slightly with a pinch of salt, but I suppose the, the message is they're not bad for you. A dandelion seed can travel up to five miles before it mm. lands. Wowee. And every part of the dandelion is edible. It's edible, absolutely. And the, really leaves, the leaves of, of dandelions, I don't know if you ever tried them, but they're lovely in a salad. Never have, and I, can I just say, I also have lots of them in my lawn. Yeah, and they're spicy. But they're a great source of, of certainly for, for the, the beekeepers, absolutely love them. Because when you think about it, the bees very little work to do because the dandelions are so close together in lawns or in fields. So they're literally just hopping from one dandelion plant to the next, to the next, gathering the pollen and the nectar. And they are in the sunflower family. And you'll notice with the dandelion flower, it closes in the evening time and it reopens in the morning. And sunflower... I have noticed that. Sunflower heads, the beautiful big sunflowers, they follow the track of the sun. So as the sun moves from east to west, the sunflower actually tracks the um, tra- tracks the, the, the sun. So they're exactly the same family. So look, at my advice, if you can, is leave them alone. Uh, continue to, you know, uh, to, to enjoy them. Let them go out of flower. And then if you need to treat them at that stage, you can use one of the proprietary lawn weed killers. But whilst they're in flower, the bees will certainly be visiting them and making use of that much needed pollen and nectar. Okay, but if you same are really mad to get rid of them, which are... You just use a, a regular uh, lawn uh, we killer, there's plenty of them on the market. Dicofar or, or Green Force do one. Uh, there's plenty of them available. Okay. Now, we have potato stalks coming up and they're curling over. Why would this be? So, this is something I, I've actually seen uh, for the last couple of years. So, here and here's a good here's a good little tip for people because we often recommend using organic matter or farmer manure um, and where where farmer manure has, has been taken off the land particularly where weed killers have been used it it the, the cattle eat the actual grass that has been treated it comes through in their manure and that weed killer actually stays in the rotten manure. So when you plant potatoes the following year, you get this twisting and distorting of the stems due to the weed killer residue that's been left in the rotten manure. Okay. So there you go. So um, so if, you, if, you, if you've planted potatoes in organic matter, rotten manure, particularly farmer manure, and particularly if it has been treated with any sort of herbicide from the previous year, uh, you can get this distortion of the leaves that become very twisted, contorted. It's very, very distinctive. They grow about a foot out of the soil and become twisted. And unfortunately, they won't, uh, they'll actually fail. The weed okay. killer will have that dramatic effect on them. So there's... There's the issue okay. with using um, weed killers and, and broadleaf weed killers in grassland. Okay. Um, it, 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 they, because the animals are eating So there's it. longevity in it, it really. It, absolutely. The organic matter you see is fantastic because it locks up on nutrition. It holds the moisture or the, the nutrition uh, for our plants, but, but it also holds any residue, any pesticide or chemical residues mm. remain in the... Um, so it would remain in the in the manure, and when the pe- potato roots penetrate that, they actually absorb it, and you get this twisting of the foliage. Um, so it's very distinctive. The, the listeners described it very well, and unfortunately, those plants will not 
Uh, now, you know, to be 100% sure, maybe if they take a picture of it and WhatsApp it into us, I'll have a look at it. But but it, they're describing exactly the symptoms of um, weed killer weed poisoning killer. That, that's carried through on organic rotted farmer manure. So Very make interesting. Your, make your own garden compost or use, um, you know, a, a regular general granulated fertiliser. Um, but just be careful when you ask when you're getting any farmer manure has the land be treated with uh, so the, so the farmers would be spraying off say docks or yeah. broadleaf weeds in, in grassland from the previous year but it comes through in the manure okay. yeah, and I've seen several cases of it uh, in the last number of years and that's yeah. the reason why that's and that's, that's, why. that's why you've got curly curly yeah, uh, leaves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay oh eight seven nine hundred forty one forty one is our text on whatsapp of course this morning with thanks to high clean antivirus disinfectant from Hygieia now part of a plant photograph that came in fairly early this morning uh, Mary is in Caltra um, it's fallen over during the storm uh, in winter but it's still growing the plant is uh, on usually very dry soil in a sheltered spot facing west what should Mary do with the part that has fallen over? So it, this is cordline australis so it obviously was a 8 or 9 or 10 foot Very tree. significant uh, yeah, cordline yeah. and it has, it has fallen over and, and cordlines will often do this if the root of the, the base of the plant actually rots it tends to weaken and particularly in windy weather it can literally keel over um, so if, if Mary could actually, if you can do two things. You can even cut the cord line to ground level and it will reshoot again as a new plant and it'll be multi-stemmed and it'll do that. If you do it now, it will actually regrow this summer. Uh, by late summer, it'll be a foot or eight inches high and it will continue to grow as a multi-stemmed tree. Uh, alternatively, you can either prop the tree back up by getting some uh, a support and um, that will actually support the stem. But, you know, my, if I was, if it was my choice, I would actually cut it to ground level and let the plant regrow again from the base. And cord lines have this great ability because they come from Australia and because of the bushfires. They're often burnt to soil level, like eucalyptus, and this great ability to reshoot from soil level again. So. I would do that, particularly if it's if the stem is rotting at the base, cut it back to soil level, let it reshoot, Mary, and you'll have a lovely plant in a couple of years' time again. Okay, lovely. Now, uh, we have a photograph of a rose bush, a Dublin rose, um, that was sent in. Dublin a, Bay. A Dublin Bay rose, yeah. and uh, it was cut back last year. And uh, it's not performing quite in the fashion that this person no, would dead. like. it's dead. It's dead. Mm. That photograph was taken recently that the stems are dead. It should be a mass of new growth at the moment. Uh, roses, you know, should have at least six or eight or a foot of growth on them at the moment. So the rose has sadly passed away. So it's time to replant. Now you didn't mention who, who pruned it. Uh, <laughs> another person in the house and we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> somebody is, somebody yeah, I think might be getting failed. the blame. Yeah, the yeah. failed. Not uh, necessarily the pruning. Okay, just to, to just just to clarify yeah, that. To clarify so yeah, that. yeah. So nothing. The plant yeah. is definitely dead. Okay, so take it easy yeah. on on the blaming front. My cornodendron is very bare. It was lovely last year. I don't know what happened. Will I be able to salvage it? Yeah, give it a good feed now. Crinodendrons, that's the beautiful giant Chinese lantern that comes to us from Chile. Oh, it's the Chilean lantern, lantern really. Um, so uh, so it's an evergreen shrub. Beautiful bell fuchsia-like flowers uh, in, in kind of late summer or, or late spring early summer um, yeah give it a good feed it'll be fine um, I see it on my own crinodendrons they're a little bit battered after the winter but they'll be perfectly fine they'll grow out of that so feed them with the Osmo Pro 6 now again in May uh, uh, mid-May late kind of late May and uh, it'll be perfectly fine Okay somebody having difficulty finding the kits that you were talking about at the start on the website Just put in, in, in on the search uh, bar put in the word kits K-I-T-S and uh, 
they're there. Pop up. Yeah, they're, the ro- they're on the website. Yeah, the, ro- yeah. the rose fertilizer, rose and, and all that are there, yeah. And somebody else wondering, are, are lobelias and petunias available? Yeah, all the bedding are available. Now, I do remember the garden centres are closed and we don't offer the plants online because they don't transparent very well. So the only way to get your plants is is to ring the store's phone order and it's a, it's a collection service. And probably more so from Tuesday onwards when the so when the um, distance, the, the two kilometre moves to five kilometres, people within that radius will be able to uh, phone and collect. Okay, great. Um, can we, uh, sorry, no, sorry, are Sinetii a suitable plant for graves? Well, the Sinetii will grow to about two feet in, in height um, and about two feet in diameter. So they might be a tad big. Um, they'll be fine for a period, certainly, and, and you can always give them a light trimming back as well. Um, so, yeah, the two feet high, two feet wide. If that if that height and width is, is appropriate on the grave, then they'll be perfectly fine. Lovely plant, kind of daisy-like flowers. They're in flower at the moment and they'll continue uh, well into kind of late summer in flower. But you could also put lower plants like gazinias are lovely. Uh, the beautiful gazinia, it's very tough and very hardy and will tolerate kind of a, a drying out. Alpines are good on graves as well because they're quite low. They're under six inches in height and ground covering like Campanula. Uh, Campania is quite a good one. So maybe the alpine plants would be a little bit lower. But if the grave is, will take a, a two foot tall plant, then certainly the um, eyes would work. Okay, time is coming up against us, so just one or two more quick ones. Primrose leaves seem to be taking over the plant in Mulrani. Well, once the flowers start to go off, um, no more than daffodils or any spring flowering plant, they, the leaves on primroses do get longer because the plant is building up its energy for next year. So that would be kind of atypical of, of the plants. It's a great time of year once they go out of flower to actually split them up, to divide them, dig them up and transplant them and, you know, make more plants of them and it helps to reach rejuvenate the plant as well. But you will find with the primroses, once the flowers start to go, the, the leaves do get uh, more lush and, and that's just that's just nature. That's the plant building itself up for the following year. Great. Are cabbage plants available at the moment? They are, yeah. And, and seed. And seed is available and, and uh, plants are available at the moment and can be planted out of doors directly now. Okay. Um... No, can I... Are, can I get trailing nasturtium seeds or plants? Um, there should be the, the, the seed Seeds. should be available on the website from memory um, I, you know just check our website for because there is a limited range of, of flower seeds um, so I'm not sure are the nasturtiums I'm just looking at no they're not actually there sweet pea yes but nasturtiums aren't available at the moment okay now finally we planted a silver king and a golden queen hedge yeah okay they're hollies yeah. okay right yeah. I hadn't a clue what that meant uh, on the opposite sides of the garden one or two of the golden queen's plants seems to be going black or dying away we've fed it and well watered would this be a disease or can it be sp- can it spread if it is it's unlikely to be a disease now hollies are, are very very hard they're easy to grow um, Silver Queen and, and Golden King you've got the male and female varieties there Silver Queen tends to be a little bit less vigorous than Golden King uh, so as long as it's holding its leaves and putting on four to six inches of growth that's what you would be expecting at this time of year um, feeding it would be important now so again put on the tree and shrub feed the Osmo Pro 6 now and again about a month later uh, and, and coax it on um, maybe if the listener took a picture of the leaf 
and, and WhatsApp to the, into his teardrum yeah. and we'd have a closer look uh, at the plants. The one thing Holly actually dislikes is very wet ground. So if it's anyway waterlogged in a spot or an area, it will suffer and it'll drop its foliage. They'll go yellow and, and look sickly and, and, and just kind of um, die away. But apart from that, they're very tough and very hardy. And even though they, they will get... Uh, they can get a gall or a, a small pest that attacks, attacks the leaf. It generally doesn't do too much damage. But bear in mind that the Silver Queen is slightly less vigorous than Golden King. Okay, fantastic. We're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid. Uh, I know we didn't get to lots and lots of questions. We might talk about tulips uh, next week, Yeah, actually. why not? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, they're coming into the end and I have a few questions and on what that. to do with them. Yeah, certainly. And remember that the website is open at hawkins.ie. If you, if you place an order, it'll be delivered within kind of five five to six working days and uh, our phone lines are open for phone and collect okay. um, and particularly with Tuesday with the extended five kilometre distance that will hopefully let people move a little bit more Okay I know there's a lot of questions about do you have do you have do you have so give them a call and they'll be able to tell exactly. you That's it uh, Do stand by Michael Neary coming your way after the news at 10 o'clock until next Saturday uh, from me Deirdre Kelly A very good morning to you